Hello, listeners. My name is Mark. If you have been enjoying the Listener Lore episodes, please come over to my separate podcast feed, Lorehammer Listener Lore. On this daily podcast channel, I will be reading one story a day and sharing your creative works with others and giving my feedback at the end. So, if you like Grimdark 40k short stories, come join me at Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the show, visit us at patreon.com. And for as little as $1 a month, you can become a patron. Or you can buy cool Lorehammer products like shirts, coffee mugs, and dice bags at www.redbubble.com. Don't want to spend any money? Well, you can help out the show by giving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also hop on over to Facebook and like our page. And feel free to send us a message. It's the only enjoyment Mark gets out of his miserable life. do you call a flashlight and a las gun taped together that's not even the joke what's the joke then <laughs> no it's what do you what? oh is that actually it that's the joke because <laughs> no, i just thought of the punchline and i'm like that's right you son of a bitch yeah yeah sorry it's the joke it's the right one i don't even want to say the punchline punch now twin linked Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wait, we did it. No, I was like, the joke is that they're flashlights. And then I was like, wait, but that's the, that, that is the joke. <laughs> this joke was too meta for you. Yeah. The joke within the joke. Wow. Welcome to Lorehammer. Welcome to Lorehammer. Uh, this is a bonus episode that we are doing for uh, you guys. We are going to be reading some listener lore that has been submitted to us by you. Oh, and we got some doozies in this one. People. <laughs> uh, joining me, or my name is Eric. Uh, this is Mark. Yep. And then joining us, we have Jordan. Hello. Back from his long sojourn through the United States of America. Well, this is my second episode that, back. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> back from like a week ago. <laughs> Tell me that. <laughs> Or two weeks ago. <laughs> and then uh, also joining us today is Peter. Hello. Maybe the most competent reader of all the people I know. <laughs> no, no, it's no. It's a toss-up between you two. You should have said competent person. Well, no, I know Brant. Brant, that's yeah. right. Yeah. No offense, that's Peter, a toss-up. But... No, th- that's no offense. <laughs> None taken. None taken at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Brant. <laughs> Actually, he lives in his garage now, so maybe... <laughs> By choice, though. <laughs> That doesn't make it I okay. don't agree with it, but it is by choice. Uh, um, is uh, he literally? Just, <laughs> yeah. Wow. What, okay. Just in Never case mind. you guys... He's got to stay mobile. Uh, so haven't listened down. to our previous episode. Uh, Lorehammer is in the process of planning a local tournament. Yeah, a local tournament, local friendly gaming night yeah. type day. This thing. ain't no GT. No, no, no. This, this will no, be for fun. Yes. So we, uh, we want to have an opportunity of an organized event where people can just come and hang out with us. So if you are interested, go check out our previous bonus episode or check us out on Facebook and we're going to have more details right now. We're just in the process of trying to get some uh, guess of how many people we can get to come. So yeah. yeah, check that out. Definitely send us an email or a message on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, just to let us know you can make it and uh, we'll talk more about dates and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, let's, uh, Let's uh, step right into this. So in the listener lore, we are going to read the stories as they have been submitted to us in like syntax and grammatical errors and all. And then uh, what we will do is we'll go around the table and share what we thought about it, what what we liked about it, what we didn't like about it, what was absolute heresy and whether or (laughs) not the person should uh, never write again. (laughs) <laughs> we're revoking writing statuses perfect is that not what we're doing <laughs> i'm in all right i'm in uh so the first one is written comes to us from uh sean and i think mark you're reading that one yeah okay all right here we go veteran watch sergeant malvius benedict sat comfortably on a rock on the slight rise overlooking the battlefield that spread out before him it wasn't his real name his team sat appearing barely ruffled 
<laughs> spread out before and around him. They were completely surrounded, and the prospect of being evac before the enemy hordes overtook them seemed ever slimmer. VWS Benedict took stock of his team. Five marines, chaptered, chapters hidden and abandoned. Five different names I'm not going to pronounce. Uh, Davian, Marcus, yeah. Argus, but B-H-O-N, Pawn, I think his name is. Pawn? Pawn. Bon. Bon. Yeah, I already said Bon. Oh, okay. Or Bahan. But either way, it's not their real names, he says. <laughs> they had taken the impossible missions for millennia, and in death they would gain honor, but these were those who failed to die. Defeat in victory, victorious in death. They were true death watch. Benedict's thoughts were suddenly interrupted as one of the greenskins, fiends, came running. A full minute, the thing ran and then jumped in what he thought was a hole it could take cover in. A few of Benedict's men stifled laughs as the greenskin lay in full view of all of them. Hey, Umis, the boss wants to know if you've ready to fight or is you just going to dumb sleeper sumo? The thing laughed. <laughs> word for word. <laughs> <laughs> Benedict understood. The war boss had made his orcs believe that they're waiting on them rather the other way around. You tell your boss the next time he attacks will be the last. Tetra could never keep his mouth shut. The orc laughed again and stood in full view. <laughs> Good, he gets in for a fun fight. It turned out, or it turned and ran back to where it came. Benedict stood, looked at his marines. Perhaps today these emperor's children could finally find victory. And that's that. In typical fashion, I chose the shortest one. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, so do they die or not? What do we think? Uh, Did they finally find victory and death or death and victory? It, it feels a little like incomplete. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the story. Like it's just, it's more setting this. Yeah. This is an intro. This is yeah, a prologue. Yeah. 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 Right. Or, this is just to get you hooked. <laughs> right. Now you got to buy the book. <laughs> like this is, you, you read this and then it, it goes back to like five months earlier when yeah. like this campaign starts and then like you start actually learning about the whole campaign because it sounds like i just don't know what like the point of the story is i think it's just maybe he wrote it for like a battle he was about to play yeah yeah maybe. it's like yeah. a narrative yeah, yeah. entry that's exactly what yeah. i what i hear when let's I pretend this. let's give him the benefit of the doubt okay this was the intro of a game he played where it was five marines against unlimited orcs yeah that yeah, would just make, like a narrative like a sense. there we go yeah yeah, it's a starting point. Sure. Yeah. Um, Should he know uh, so? What What's the deal with the not real names? Is that, <laughs> I don't is that know. normally yeah, that a thing? So <laughs> you is feel that, like that's supposed to be explained, but then it's just not. But it, just is that is that something that comes up in Warhammer in Death Watch? It can. Okay. Yeah. So it they can. they do have something called Black Shield. So the Death Watch are a collection of chapters, but right. sometimes there's like super rare. They're called Black Shields where they remove all chapter heraldry and they basically come in as like no name nobodies who are just there to kill stuff essentially so maybe they're all black shields and they don't have real names and they just decide to be benedict for some reason but no 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 he's benedict That's but that was his not his real, real name. name yeah no exactly but they all chose different names but he they, chose benedict <laughs> yes i don't know but they all chose like first and last names <laughs> yes yeah right not, like not even code names like no the crusher right right no, it's that's just orcs, marvis bain <laughs> marvis. william tetcher <laughs> therese Teres Dresd. How do you say D S D T? Yeah. Got it's him. like a sound effect more than a, a name. <laughs> it's like a Drizzt. How do you say Drizzt? Drizzt. There, you did it. Congratulations. <laughs> I thought there would be a little more variation between how I said it and you said it, but no, we, we got to the same place. Chasm. No. Chasm. Don't you dare bring that up. Um, cool. Yeah. I'm. I want more. I don't want more because it's Space Marines. But you know what? He actually. I really like how he wrote the orcs. Like uh, it's. It takes a lot of effort for me to write how I think orcs talk. Hmm. The way he spelled you is Y U apostrophe S apostrophe D used. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> it sounds. It sounds orky. Sure, 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 right? sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Next story. Yeah. I'm there's there was ten, ten sentences. There's only so much we can say. It's very short. Okay. Thank you, Sean. Thanks, Sean. 
for right, your here. submission. Should we go to the next one? Yeah. yeah. Okay. This one's from uh, Jeffrey. Geoffrey. <laughs> Geoffrey. No, no, no. This is a real name. We can't make fun of <laughs> oh, it. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> Geoffrey. <laughs> uh, okay. <clears throat> the incestuous. La, 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 la. Okay. No. What? The incestuous. Right. Of Cersei and Jamie Lannister. Oh, sorry. That's Joffrey. <laughs> I get. I get. Yeah, is this Jeffrey or Joffrey? It's, it looks it's like Jeff. Jeffrey. It's Jeffrey. Definitely Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeffrey's dying right now. Yeah, he's pissed. He's throwing a vase against the wall. The last ten years of Game of Thrones, the show has just killed him. These people keep making the same That's right. joke. Like, oh, you're like named after that guy. <laughs> no. Okay. Bye. Jeffrey. The plains were made of burnt ash, and the air was full of warp flame. A lone figure wandered through the smoke, desperately searching, but for what he knew not. His name was Amos, an aspiring sorcerer of the Thousand Suns, and a warrior in the Chaos War Band, known as the Change Engine. Or he was when it or he was when it existed. He was unsure who had won the battle, the sons of Magnus and the warriors of Zinch, or the wretched Xenos horde that lived on his charred planet. At the sight of so many nameless bodies, he wasn't sure if anyone had. His armor was blackened with soot, and he could barely see a hand in front of his faceplate. His weakened muscles struggled to pull him over the mounds of corpses, and he was forced to lean on his force staff for support. He created the top of a particularly large hillock of burnt limbs and crispy gore. He stood up to his full height and looked out over the hellscape. Nothing. He saw nothing. Nothing but the dead. He fell to his knees and cursed Zinch's name, you brought us here, and for what? You are not the blood god? Yet all I see is pointless slaughter. He almost took his helmet off he almost took off his helmet in despair, for then the toxic atmosphere could seep into his lungs and burn away at him until there was nothing left but one more corpse on his god's on this god's forsaken rock. However, before he could commit his sorrow to his hands, a wind blew over the mountains of the dead. It swept into the valleys of bodies and pushed away ash clouds. That's when he saw them. Four figures, each bearing the stylized helms of a thousand sun. Hope filled his aching body and pulled him to his feet. He began, he began lunder, lumbering down the slope, then running. Then he tripped and began tumbling. And... Over end, he rolled over the bodies, pale dead hands grabbing at his armor. He picked himself up and didn't even feel ashamed at his fall. He had found survivors. He ran to them, all exhaustion forgotten. Hey, he shouted. They turned to look at him, but did not respond. You're alive, he screamed at them as he cleared the distance. No response. Then he saw them up close, and his hope shattered, and his hope shattered in his heart. They were the Rubric Marines, Solus, Will, Willis, Mindless, <laughs> uh, soldiers of dust, trapped forever in their armor. They stood over the body of their sorcerer, impaled through the head by a large black spear. Amos recognized the aspirant. He went, he, he was named Jonas. He wasn't a friend, but he was an interesting individual to discuss the maddening mysteries of the warp with he would, with he would be missed. Okay. <laughs> you, he said, pointing towards the rubric Marines, your master is dead, as are your, as are my servants. From today on, you are mine. He extended his willpower into each of them, and they all turned and stood at attention. His rubiquet. Now let us find more survivors. They began to wander, picking over the ruins, searching for a sign of life to no avail. One of the rubiquet 
Is it Rubikai or Rubikai? Rubikai. Rubikai, sorry. My mistake. One of the Rubikai had a Vox caster that Amos tried to use to contact the Armada that had brought him brought them to this wretched world. There was no response, and in his anger, he vaporized the device. Why? He screamed out at the stars. Why did I survive just to die alone on this desolate wasteland? As if in answer, the heavens opened with brilliant light. Amos fell backwards in shock, while the Rubikai merely looked up unexpectedly, as if waiting for something. Plummeting out of the warp storm that had opened was an object of indeterminate size. Amos scrambled to his feet and began retreating quickly away from the meteorite. The rubric marines follow him, following him steadily, out of loyalty to their new master rather than fear. Is this how I am to die? Amos asked the gods as he backed away from, the, from what he assumed was about to be ground zero. Is this the end? The object approached the ground quickly, and Amos knew he had but moments before it impacted. With enough force to shatter his armor, his skeleton, and his life... Even at the di this distance from the crash zone, 200 feet away, 100 feet, 50, 25, 12, 6. Suddenly, with a sound like a roaring inferno, the object arrested its momentum just feet above the ground. The object just hovered there, unnaturally. It was a shiny black octahedron with a large glowing blue M on its surface. The edges were ringed with hieroglyphs that glowed softly as Amos approached. What sorcerous machination is this? He stepped up, it, he stepped up to it and reached out with his gauntleted hand. As he touched it, a surge of energy courses through him, arched to the Rubikai, the black ash on their armor spread to cover everything. Lines of silver traced over the edges of their armor and a glowing a blue M materialized on the left pauldron. Amos reeled back as the power of the warp subsided. He looked back at the monolith, but it did nothing. Then a portal opened on its side. Amos could not see through the blinding light to what was on the other side, but he felt a sheer need to enter it. Damn the emperor, damn the gods, and damn Magnus. Then he stepped through. The four Rubikai followed after him and the portal closed. The oct octahedron, its mission complete, ascended back into the warp storm and vanished. The planet sat there empty of life, with no one to witness the great phenomenon. Centuries from now, an Imperium vessel might come to build a colony upon the bones of the fallen, or a Mechanicum ship might transform it into a forged world, or it might sit there in silence, dead until it is destroyed by a dying star or the unpredictable tides of the warp. But before any of those possibilities come to pass, Amos the Lost will find his new purpose. A decade later, and a hundred light years away, five figures materialized on the top of a shattering building. They wore dark armor with glowing symbols that flick flickered in the rain. They seemed to fade in and out of existence, almost as if they were stuck between the material and immaterial universes, in both places and neither. One of them gave an order, and the descent and the descended down to the street below. There was no time to watch the city burning below, for they had to work to do. Hmm. Um I don't I don't know what that M is supposed to be. Yeah. I don't either. I don't, <laughs> like the first guess is Magnus. Yeah, sure. Because they're yeah. thousand sons. Yeah. But there's but he it said, he said like damn magnus yeah and then went into it yeah. which and you, doesn't make a lot of sense and like he describes the m as like blue blue and magnus's would be red red yeah because it's magnus the red yeah so i don't know i don't know either i'm scared i'm lost i uh i honestly liked it yeah it was good it's like um, a cool narrative <laughs> yeah obviously like it's his army 
So I think like I only assume that he has like a unit of guys painted like this. Yeah. Right. And so he's and they're like a special unit or for whatever. And he like brings into his list. Something. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's kind of cool. Uh, I want to know what the octahedron is <laughs> yeah. and where it came from and what is Amos's new purpose. It, yeah. And so, I'm okay with this story ending like this. I yeah, just I yeah. need another story. Like this, I think was what's okay. an octahedron? <laughs> we, don't, we don't know. These are words. Eight sided. Well, I, I like, yeah, something eight sided. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. It's a D eight. That's what I was thinking because at first I I thought it was like a die, and then I like but it's D six. Oh, so it's like a, a die that was like falling and then didn't hit, and then he goes into it. It's like but, some kind of ship. It sounds. But I don't like. get the yeah the yeah. eight sided. I don't get the eight sided either. Part of it. I don't know. This would be kind of a cool kill team, like, uh, and like, even he, the author, doesn't know what any of this is, and like, this is how he justifies any game. Like these five guys, just yeah, like show he up. doesn't know why they're there; <laughs> they they're know. just there to do their purpose. Exactly. Um, send us, uh, email us, and send us some more information on this. Like, do the, you have it more thought out? You know, when he's describing it uh, f- coming at the ground, mm-hmm. it's not fast enough. He's able to tell the difference between 12 feet and 6 feet away from the ground. <laughs> so, do you guys... It's a very slow moving It's object. extremely slow, so it's not nearly dangerous enough. So, when the dinosaur thing happened... Uh, <laughs> the it, dinosaur you know, thing. That, that, yeah. You know the, <laughs> you know the, the dinosaur <laughs> thing. It was, so, it was coming so fast that one second you're looking at the sky, there's nothing there. You would blink, you would open your eyes, and you're dead. Did you hear this from a dinosaur? Yes. No, First hand <laughs> account. It was so fast. And the the greater impact was actually all the air that was compressed. Yes, I, yeah, like it was. So, I could see that. And so, like that's what I'm thinking of. That's the speed I'm, could, I'm you, assuming. But you when could I'm see this. like an asteroid, like still in space, if it's close enough. Absolutely, clearly but from this, 200 yes, to 100 yeah, yeah, yeah. to like I. It's it breaking. doesn't give me that's, enough speed. That's the problem. It's it was moving faster, but it had to slow down quite quickly. No, so it says why. suddenly. The object arrested its momentum. It wasn't slowing down. It happened well, to suddenly his, to his view. Yeah, from his narrative viewpoint. But clearly, <laughs> there there needed to be I some see breaking yeah. system. Why? It's magic. There doesn't need to be any breaking system. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's the reason. <laughs> fine, fine. Uh, it, fine. I liked the description. Good job. Nicely put together. Amos felt human. Yeah, almost like he trips and stumbled and he shakily gets yeah, up yeah. and all that. It's like, he's, yeah. He's despondent. I, he's depressed. I don't like the way any Space Marine's ever been written. I don't think anyone does a good job of writing them because you have to make them feel Well, they're just too boring. Human. Well, that's the problem. You have to make them feel human so yeah. they're not boring, but they should be boring super yeah. soldiers that are perfect. Yeah. yeah, weakness makes for interesting characters. Exactly. But, but it, not necessarily Space Marines. Exactly, yeah. so... Yeah. <laughs> nope. This is like I I enjoyed Amos though. Yeah. Yeah. It 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 was nice to feel like for him to speak out his internalized feelings. Yeah. It was weird that he had friends. <laughs> Janice. He would just talk with Janice about uh, warp there, stuff. Uh, Thousand Sons are like philosophers. Yeah. So. Especially like we have no idea when this was set. Like if yeah. this was like thirty k, maybe even after just after the Horus Heresy. Like well, yeah, because they they, they still worship Zinch at this point. Yeah, and, and they had they the rubric got, marines. But like, yeah. I like that he, uh, in his anger, destroyed the Vox Casters. <laughs> I like to think that it was an accident. <laughs> There's just so much displeasure at it. The warp just burned it. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Very human emotion of rage there. Perfect. Space Marines feel rage. Hmm. Especially any of like the chaos ones they're more willing to give into like emotions sure 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 until i don't know (laughs) okay Mm, yeah mm, no i enjoyed it you're a philosopher too i see (laughs) (laughs) i do uh have what i call the adeptus plasticus (laughs) what is that it's a gray army (laughs) 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 Uh, me and christian (laughs) We both have Adeptus Plasticus. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Next one. Uh, so this one's mine? Sure. Right. You didn't write it, but you're going to read it. Right. I'm going to read it. Also, I wrote it. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Liam wrote this one. 
Uh, this is a story about the world looters. Uh, and it includes Belagratius de Ed Tarka, the Mad Mech, the Luda of Tim Eds, and all <laughs> things, and his mount, Ed Ripper, the Titan and the Slow. Belagratius and Gore Smasher is the result of a rogue Mechanicus gene scientist, or whatever that would actually be called, Nicasius who was on a small agro world of Amulius Amulius III that had a small orc population and was in constant conflict with the local guard. Nicasius was testing on the orc fungi and trying to develop a bioengineered orc that he could use to control the orcs. And this results in only two possible usable specimens. One is a grot that seems nothing special that seems like nothing special, which Nicasius quickly dismisses but keeps around as a sort of pet. And the other specimen is a abnormal, an abnormally large but subservient orc who's particularly dull with a comically small head. Oh. <laughs> this orc, Nicasius, names Titan, and he believes he can control this great orc with cybernetic implantation and physiology manipulation. And with this, he would drive the orc to take control of the local orcs. During his tests and experimentation on Titan, Nicasius discovered that his pet grot which he had named Minimech, made a decent lab assistant, although dull. Unbeknown to Nicasius, Minimech was not as dull as he led on. As a result of the genetic modifications on Minimech, he had become extremely intelligent, and this intelligence grew with secretly listening to Nicasius as he rambled to himself and secretly reading his writings. Yes, he can read and even write high and low gothic. And as he was used to assist in making the Titan the fool, oh, in making Titan the tool of Nicasius, he would sow the seeds in Titan's mind that it was indeed Minimech to whom he would serve. That sneaky little grot. (laughs) This went on for some many years of testing on Titan, which only resulted in Titan's mind becoming even less. As time passed, the guard of the planet started to lose ground, and eventually the orc horde grew close to the lab. Nicasius was out of time. Titan was the last and oh lot hope he and possibly the planet had. He opened Titan's cage in hopes that all the experiments had worked. Behind stood Minimech wearing Nicasius's red hood. He had taken a liking to wearing with grin of malice peering out. As the large cage door swings open, the great Titan just stands there looking blankly. Nicasius makes a loud sigh as Minimech starts laughing. Nicasius turns around to look at him, and the second he turns his back, Titan lets out a great roar, despite his small head. The roar is still terrifying, and as he roars, he picks up Nicasius and rips his head off with ease. Minimech then climbs onto Titan's back, and Titan smashes the wall of the lab and charges into the orc hordes. Titan effortlessly smashes his way through the horde straight to the war boss, where Titan then smashes both fists down onto the war boss, killing him instantly. Minimech then proclaims to the Green Tide, I am Belagratius Damek, and this is Edripa the Titan, and use work for me now. Both names he thought up on the spot. Oh, very imaginative. The orc horde instantly recognizes him and his great mount as the leaders. After this, the planet quickly fell to the cunning of the new war boss. Belagratius then had the whole planet looted and made special care to loot the old lab himself. And he also took the severed head of Nicasius and managed to bring it back to life (laughs) and fixed it onto a mechanical arm on his back (laughs) where he could talk to the head. He then managed to construct a ship big enough to get his horde into orbit, and from there he plunged the whole ship onto the next planet in the system Amulius IV. This planet is covered in tall mountains and deep ravines and large exposed caverns. Deep within these caverns and ravines, there lay dormant Necrons, as every good planet has. Every every world's a tomb world. That's right. Uh, On the surface of the planet, there's the start of a forge world being built. (laughs) However... This has stopped as the Mechanicus discovered the now-waking Necrons and decided they'd rather research that. <laughs> it's true. The Necrons and the Mechanicus have just have been warring on this planet for some time and has been a stalemate due to the Necrons only just beginning to awaken. However, this stalemate is about to be broken. 
Belagratius's ramshackle ship smashed into the ground close to a Mechanicus research site. The orcs quickly run overrun this site. Belagratius then lets his horde loose on the planet while he studies the research site after a long while. Uh, studying the site and from the knowledge he learned from this he created a device that is able to prevent necrons from phasing when it's activated he uses this technology as long as all the lot to create some powerful weapons and armor based on looted necrons he used to kill this he used this to kill and loot all the mechanicus I'm going to reread that sentence Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to help but I'm going to reread it all right so trying to find a period that, no i'm not even going all the way back <laughs> i'm just starting with he uses this new there's techno- like four periods in this whole thing <laughs> <laughs> he uses this new technology as long as all the lot to create some powerful weapons and armor based on looted necrons he used to kill this and loot all the mechanicus <laughs> and then push back the necron until they found the overlord which ed ripa then ripped the overlord's head and belagradius then attached the head onto a second mechanical arm from here belagradius looted the rest of the planet and had a great a ship constructed in the construction site of the Forge World, the ship he named World Luda. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> we ain't done yet, folks. From here, Belagradius looted the rest of the system, and with the use of Belagradius's anti-Necron phase device that he mounted on the back of Edripa, and also made a larger one for his ship, he would defeat any and loot another tomb world found in the system. All right, now we're uh, on the World the world, the world Ludas. Oh, is he just describing his orcs at this point? Must be. Okay. Have a relatively standard orc command structure. However, the amount of mechs in this warband are much higher as well. As due to Belagratius's intelligence, he will modify certain spores that will specifically grow into his prime grots, who are slightly larger and stronger than regular grots, who are also quite intelligent. He will create 12 of the prime grots, who are his honor guard and also mechs, these prime grots have cybernetic enhancements such as additional mechanical arms, much like Mechanicus tentacles. In the world looters, in the world looters, grots are much higher regarded than normal orc society, and due to slight modifications in the orc fungi that this warband has, all the grots exhibit higher intelligence and cunning than orcs. However, not to the point of prime grots. As such, the grots are often in leadership positions and in positions that don't require much physical strength. Within this warband, almost all the mechs oh, lost my place. Uh, are actually grots who often ride orcs, and this is the same grots who often ride orcs. I read that right. Mm-hmm. And this is the same with many other combat commanders actually riding are actually grots riding orcs. This warband has heavy use of mechanical limbs and body and many different upgrades, and as such used much more technology in mechs over weird boys. However, they still have some. This warband has a heavy focus and obsession with looting things for themselves, even to the point where they try to disable enemy vehicles instead of destroying them, as well as even looting people, which is what they call enslaving them. And they do this with special explosive collars or some sort of explosive attached to the slave. (laughs) They also sometimes use implants and or other forms of brainwashing similar to the way Ed Ripa was brainwashed. These slaves are used in different roles, often things orcs and grots don't want to do, such as mining or scraping large things, (laughs) and also as cannon fodder in combat. Much of the technology used by this warband is powered by Necron tech and even sometimes living Necron that they've disabled and wired into machines. They They also will sometimes use Necron weapons as a result of this. And all the warband looting obsessions, their vehicles and machines often look like strange amalgamations of all different technologies. However, it's not known whether these technologies working together as a result of the war of energy or actual science as a result of the Mechanicus often go out of their way to capture vehicles. However, this is a difficult endeavor and the warband does not give them up easily. <laughs> and that's the, the world looters. <laughs> all right. So, okay. So... It's a mainly grot force. Yes, yeah, it sounds like there's orcs too. But there are some orcs, but all the grots are smarter. Yeah. And they ride the orcs into battle. <laughs> yeah, sure. And there's prime grots. <laughs> Twelve. Whatever of them. that means, yeah. Even bigger than grots. Yeah, yeah. 
so orcs <laughs> no but smart <laughs> right okay sure uh okay some of the stuff that i really like i like that he brings it back so uh Belagradius learned about how to manipulate people's minds from nicasius while experimenting on titan right i like that he brought that back to the slaves hmm. that would be my primary method is like they put like neuro implants in titan's head right yeah. so um so Belagradius could control him. Yeah. I would appreciate, like, I, I'd be okay if he just said, all the slaves we get are neuro implants in their head until they're just, like, we've lobotomized them and they just follow basic commands now, like, go be cannon fodder. Right? Sure, sure, sure. I, like, I, I like that. I like that he brought it back to that. Yeah. And it's just continued use. Um, yeah, very creative lots going on lots of different <laughs> ideas it kind of felt like a little comic bush bookie which, yeah which yeah. was kind of cool um however like my big gripe was like the pacing of the story <laughs> it was just like i just felt like a million things happened you're welcome that's <laughs> just my reading no 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 it wasn't just the reading it no, was like no. where the events happened and like yeah it's like they, they just happened and then but also, like, you know, obviously some writing stuff, like <laughs> grammar and punctuation and Various, stuff like that. Yeah. Thing. yeah. The, it's read as written. This is yeah. uh, what happens to me when I'm writing is it starts out, like, pretty normal and you're kind of... <laughs> and then you go into, like, the fever of, like, and this idea, and this idea, and you start losing yeah. the punctuation, and the grammar goes a little, and you switch from past tense to present tense, <laughs> back to past tense, and you're just kind of on fire as you just got to get it all onto your phone <laughs> yeah the something i've noticed when i write is if i like look back i like had a really good thought and you write it down and you feel like you're in the flow and you look back and you're like that was seven lines and six commas <laughs> you're like i should break that up um but yeah like the i i like the like the Belagradius is just funny to me yeah because he yeah, says like he's like i made it up but you did not make it up right you heard it somewhere or something yeah. so kind of funny um i like that he reanimates nicasius's head yeah and puts it on his back it's, it's like a, almost like a servo skull. right exactly like, yeah. it's like an homage to a servo yeah. skull but it's like <laughs> a real like servo skulls don't talk right they're just yeah. it's nothing other than a skull with a computer chip inside whereas it sounds like he reanimated nicasius through some weird warp stuff <laughs> magic right magic. for all we know though he he just like poked the brain and then like it reflexed an arm so it's like it's alive yeah yeah and he's it, just constantly talking to it but it's just rotting behind <laughs> yeah him. exactly it's, it's not <laughs> i don't care how intelligent he is he's still a grot he's not that intelligent so it's possible how dare you it's just a grot um there's another thing in here that suggests he is genetically modifying the fungi I don't I don't know man why why can't he be that smart he's been experimented on Oh sure sure you could be decently smart but you're still an orc like you I don't know you hmm. still an orc in my mind I don't know I'm not a I'm not a geneticist I don't know how, how genetics work No <laughs> Yeah me neither so I just know how asteroids work <laughs> and let me tell you guys it wasn't coming fast enough uh -huh. um yeah i i like that uh he was genetically modified and then he was genetically modifying orcs i like the things that throw back and tie the cycle the, yeah the story together. right yes circle I, of yelling and circle yeah. of yelling <laughs> is it sounds like our band, Mark. <laughs> Welcome to the circle, of we're the circle of yelling and we're going to rock your mind. <laughs> That's our band. Hmm. Going to rock our ear holes. That's right. <laughs> uh, I don't know if this is just because I'm a Necron player. It's not. I do not like the fact that you can stop a Necron from phasing. Yeah. Like, th that's just too scientific for once again. Like, like Necron yeah. tech is more advanced than Eldar tech. Yeah. Eldar do not understand Necron tech. Yeah, it, Nicasius would not understand Necron tech. Yeah. So in order for you to manipulate it would require a cryptic. Because even regular Necron do not know Necron tech. Let's <laughs> put so. a fun twist. Part of, part of me feels like this is a story that literally was written by an orc. 
<laughs> it's Belagradius writing his story. The reality is he's still a slave. In my life, he's like, "I'm gonna kill you and I'm gonna put he, you." He on wrote my it back. in such a way it didn't really happen that way. He's just like embellishing, you know. Sure. <laughs> sure. And then I did this. Yeah. And I conquered this <laughs> world. Yeah, sure. That's way more enjoyable. And, then, and I stopped the Necron from phasing and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and then I put it on the ship. Yeah, it's on the big ship, the World Luda. Yeah. <laughs> so really yeah this story never leaves that original lab and it's just this grot talking to the to titan this whole time <laughs> right about the great things right that, that he's, he's done. done yeah and titan is just so brain dead he yeah. just nods and drools a little bit <laughs> perfect i oh. like it interesting <laughs> yeah i mean that oh, something that's really nice about orcs is they can be jokey yeah. and goofy. Yeah. And so you can write this story that is goofy and jokey and it's actually still quite enjoyable and you can, we can make our excuses or whatever <laughs> about it and say what we don't like, but yeah. it, it's orc, right? <laughs> so they can be bloodthirsty savages. They can also be Belagradius, <laughs> you know? All right. We have uh, one more that uh, Peter. All right. Is this going to read. is from James. The massive mobile artificial Necron tomb world, known as the World Engine, was attacked by an Imperial task force comprised of 15 Space Marine chapters, plus elements from the Imperial Navy, and even the mightiest weapon could not harm it. The World Engine destroyed a third of an entire Imperial Navy battle fleet before the chapter master, Artur Amrad, of the Astral Knights, decided to ram the hideous vessel with his battle barge, the Tempestius. A force of over 700 astral knights deployed from drop pods onto the Necron vessel's surface. For over 100 hours, the astral knights fought and destroyed every flux generator, weapon forge, and command node they came upon. Only after the chapter had been reduced in size did the chapter master... Arthur Amrad and the five battle brothers succeed in their quest. Amrad detonated melt-a-bombs that destroyed a vast Necron tomb complex that housed many of the world engine's command arrays. This brought down the vessel's impenetrable void shields and also silenced the machine's weaponry. This assault allowed the Imperial Navy's starships to destroy the world engine with cyclonic torpedoes. After the battle, as the Adeptus Mechanicus picked over the remains of the destroyed world engine, the Ultramarines retrieved the twisted wreckage of the Tempestus and placed it amid the ruins of Safehold, the planet that had been the last victim of the world engine. After the sacrifice of the Astral Knights led to the final destruction of the world engine, Captain Donatos Aphael of the Second Company proposed that an imperial shrine be erected upon the world of Safehold in internal memory of the Astral Knights chapter. The shrine consists of 772 Arbostone statues, one for every Astral Knight battle brother that died stopping the world engine which stands a silent vigil within the dead heart of the Tempestus. However, there were some things that the Astaris did not know about the fate of the Astral Knights. Not all of the chapter's corpses were recovered from the wreck of the world engine. During the initial battle, after the Tempestus rammed into the world engine, some six battle brothers suddenly disappeared whilst mid-attack just out of nowhere. No one yet has seen these missing astral knights, or at least no one has seen them and lived to tell of their now corrupted form. Anyone who could possibly survive long enough would see that these space marines are no longer noble Astaris, but simple military slaves to the Necron army. Thanks to Scarab piercing their armor, and wrapping around their brain tissue, controlling their thoughts, and ordering them into submission for the Necron war effort. They are beyond assistance and will never truly be Astaris, but the honor of serving an empire 
still runs through them. However, now, instead of serving an emperor, they are simply serving the king. So, like, like the first eighty percent of that, yeah, is, is from a lexicanum page. Yeah, that, <laughs> but that that's important. Yeah, it, you need the backstory. Yeah, but yeah, the first, the whole thing about the world engine, like all the way up to like building the statues, like that's all real. Yeah, and that's like someone wrote that. Yeah, and then where it takes off to what he wrote is the where missing it, bodies, the missing six people. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Like, mind shackle st- uh, scarabs are, like, a real thing. This is an extremely believable thing. Yeah, sure. No, I like it. Yeah. I, I wish uh, we he- learned more about mind shackle scarabs, because, like, I think I said it on a couple episodes ago. Like, if I was a Necron player, I'd literally buy all the armies and put a little scarab on the back of their head, and they're all Necron now. Like, so, it's kind of cool. Yeah. What are you looking up? Uh, mind shackle scarabs. <laughs> what about them do you not believe me that they're real no i know they're real then why are you googling them i just i wanted to confirm that they burrowed into your mind they don't exist on the outside oh okay so you kind of meteors and the depth of that's right burrowing. that's, <laughs> that's right. no fucking critique um, my goodness yeah, the sweet Eric, sweet lovable Eric. Like the world engine in and of itself is an awesome story. Cool. It's like one yeah. of the one of the cooler pieces of like Necron tech that yeah. you actually see in the 41st do, millennium. Do you know if uh that that tomb world or world engine or whatever came from a specific dynasty? It did. Okay. I can find it. And that dynasty you. still exists. Um that I'm not certain of. I wouldn't be surprised if they all died. So it was a Necron Lord of the Tomb World, um, Boris. Okay. Borsis, sorry, not Boris. Boris. And Borsis doesn't have any information. Okay. I would assume it would still be around, and that's why those mind shackled scarab Distardis can still well, be doing their thing. Yeah, when you think like. Yeah. No Necron technically would die. They would all phase out. I guess that's so. True. If they have a way to make other things yeah. phase, they would literally just teleport them away. Sure, sure, sure. Right? So the, yeah, their masters would. But yeah, no, kind of cool. I like the idea of Necron enslaving people. Like, yeah. it's obviously what they would do. Yeah. Once again, this just sounds like a cool little, cool little kill team. Yeah, because there's only just, what six of them. Yeah, just a nice little kill team. And uh, with kill team, you can definitely like be way more creative with the models. So like, you can actually model them a little more like. Yeah, and Kill yeah. Team lends itself to writing individual stories exactly. about your yeah. character, about your, each model, yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah, pretty cool. I think it is like an interesting idea, but again, it's like this story is kind of if it does feel like you said it, a lot of it was lifted from the Lex yeah. Yeah. which is it does feel like I'm just getting information, yeah, like it's just telling me events that happened, and yeah. then like yeah, at the very end, it kind of ends with a story whereas like it would have been a lot better like narrative uh yeah well i, well, I would have that. loved to see i would have loved to see these space marines coming like to a, a planet and then someone recognizing them like something on their armor and be like it's the yeah. astral knights like yeah, they're yeah. alive that might have happened and then well that's why that's that would have been a, a mm. more enjoyable story to me is is like the betrayal well, like of, and they could have just like subtly or you could have like I felt like it would have been better if he more just subtly referenced like the events that happened, hmm. and then but was making more of a story about the the ultramarines or whatever who were sure. getting uh, the these necro necronified. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if fair. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, like the, they were killing guardsmen or something. Yeah, like, you're taking it from the guardsmen point of view. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. like the last moment, the guardsmen. It, it would have been more like engaging. A necron sca- uh, yeah. scarab on the back of its head. It's yeah. Like, that's why you killed me. You yeah, know, yeah. Something like that. I could see that. Um, I For 40K, I know, like, different pe- people relate information in different ways. Like, I personally prefer information as opposed to stories. Um, so, But yeah. if, it, if it's, like, a, a lore story. Well, they don't have to be. That's the thing. Okay. Like, they, they can be anything you guys want. Like, because I know yeah. I, I when I write it, I definitely do the more stereotypical, like, let's can article format like that's how i get information yeah, yeah for sure how i, understand I think it's it. it's taking your story that you have for yeah. your kill team or your yeah. army or whatever and 
putting it down in your own terms and yeah who cares really what we think about it at oh the end of the sure day, right? sure just get Ooh, it out yeah. there and who, who write some rats thing but what we think we're just paid professionals you know nope we are neither paid nor professionals wait i'm not going to get paid for this <laughs> thanks mark <laughs> we wanted to have that discussion after the oh, podcast well. we're well overdue on payments you've been on a bunch of episodes and not seen a penny <laughs> yeah i i love the i love the idea of a betrayal i sure. think it's really cool so i would i i would like the or if you want to like if you don't want to write story and you want to write like this like i'd love to hear about like the Inquisition's um, investigation of why six space marines destroyed an entire PDF on a planet, <laughs> right? And like while they were painted as astral knights, and we thought they were dead. And sure, yeah, I'd like to read that. Sure, yeah, no, it could be very cool. I, maybe it's just because I knew the world engine, mm. right? So like none of that was new. Sure, to me. Sure. Well, I, yeah. To me, I like that you're taking something that is factual and then just putting like a tiny spin on it makes it yeah. that much more realistic. Yes. It's it has a time frame now. Right. It has a location in the in, in the galaxy. Yeah. And, and that is one thing that was good about that too. Like it is an existing thing, and it, he just put that little twist on. He didn't change the existing context or like anything like that. Which oftentimes people will like write characters like. And then Reboot Gilliman did this and stories like that. It's like, well, like my characters are better than all those guys. Yeah. And it's just like, so it, it's nice that it's very like subtle. It's like believable. It's yeah. believable. It, it yeah. changes it, nothing that is written in current lore. Exactly. It only adds to it. Yeah. Because the like the Imperial records are still going to state Astral Knights are destroyed, exactly, regardless of whether these Ex- five exist or not. Exactly. Right? So I it, and that is a fine line to know when you're writing stories, and especially if you're trying to tie in like already existing lore. Right. So yeah, that's a good point. That was is well done. Sure. We did it. Cool. Yeah, we did it. Okay. We did it, guys. High five. Only only like 100 more listener lawyers to get through. <laughs> so yeah. keep sending them. Eventually, we'll get around to reading them. <laughs> well, eventually. I'm, Something about pay us money and we'll do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Open the bribes. That's right. Send us feet pics. Nah, well. <laughs> Now we're going to get those. Because <laughs> it happened way. before. 40K player foot picks that just <laughs> that seems it was interesting <laughs> it was interesting i would i mean hey if it, whatever your thing is <laughs> yeah uh well thanks for listening guys um yeah cool see you later bye-bye peace